Jeff Fenster. Welcome to The David Nurse Show. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Been watching you for so long, and we're you know we became friends and got to finally hang out and do this. And so, thank you for having me, man. Absolutely, you, uh, you are now officially off the list of best friends that I have not met in person. You know, you have that in the Zoom world. You're like you feel like you know the person really well, but you've just been texting or Instagramming. Yes. But now you're off that list. Thank you. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I hate don't know that gonna... list. Yeah, it's a bad list. I love the in person. In person is so much better. You know, one yeah. time, what what changed for me is I, I did a podcast with somebody as a guest on their show. We did an hour podcast, and I felt like I knew them pretty well. We ran into each other in person, and I didn't recognize them Ooh. because you don't have context on Zoom. Yeah, height, totally, complexion. Yeah, just the whole thing. And I was like embarrassed. He's like, "Dude, you did my show." I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And I didn't mean to be a jerk like that. It was not intentional. And then I realized it's because it was just a digital relationship. And we see so many things on a screen, you don't connect that somewhere in your brain that makes it permanent. So thank you. Absolutely. Humans need interaction. Yes. It's why when people were saying in the COVID time that this is the new normal, we're not going to have in-person talks or in-person podcasts. No, never would have been that way. I couldn't do it. Jeff, what does confidence mean to you as we talk a lot about confidence and mindset and from the outside looking in you are a very confident person good looking guy got veins popping <laughs> out you've started 19,000 different companies what does confidence mean to you you know confidence to me just means that you have a belief system or a formula that you have the belief in is going to yield a result It's going to get you to where you want to go. It may not get you as fast as you want to go. You may not know yet how you're going to do it, but you have that foundational principle that you can lean on to go out and do whatever it is you're doing. So if you're an athlete, it's in sports. If you're a speaker, it's on a stage. And so for me, confidence has always been, I don't know necessarily how I'm going to do whatever I'm about to do, (laughs) but I know I have a formula that over time I've used again and again. And Mm, if I apply it, I get a result. And so it gives me that belief system to say, I can go do this because I have this formula. It's my, it's my yeah. parachute when you jump out of the airplane. You have this belief that that's going to open, Yep. a.k.a. confidence. So to me, confidence, belief is very similar. Now, can you gain confidence without having any type of results to back it up? Because knowing your story with Everbowl, and you can tell into this and speak into this of you didn't really know where it was going to go, but you're like, hey, I'm going to do it and figure it out along the way. Mm-hmm. I admire that so much. People that take action without knowing the end result, because most people won't take action because they're in fear of, what if the end result doesn't happen? But you look at it a different way of, you know, what if I don't do it instead of what mm-hmm. will happen if I fail? So is there, how, how did that go? Can you play play that out a little sure. bit? Like with, were you- With Everbowl or- With, with Everbowl or anything or that the belief you do. system. Just that belief system. Well, I have a mindset that I are a thing I use in my brain, which is I play the extreme negative of both sides. Most people look at the hmm. extreme positive and say, which outcome do I like better? I actually say, okay, let's assume both things go completely terrible. If I do it and the worst happens, if I don't do it and the worst happens. Well, and then it's just a question of which one do I rather live with the outcome of. So if I start a business and it fails and I lose all my money or my investors' money and I do all this stuff, 
that's the worst case scenario. And if I don't do it, then I live with the regret of never doing it and never mm. knowing. And so which would I rather have? And for me, regret is so expensive because mm. life is experiential, right? You're not defined by your wins. You're not defined by your losses. You're defined by the journey of your wins and losses. And anyone who has achieved any level of success professionally, whether it's in sports, business, life, um, teachers, I don't care, pick, policemen, pick your profession. Anyone who has exceeded to the top, once they get there, they're not as fulfilled anymore. So it's really about the process of getting there. And yeah, so for me, I totally. found the love of the journey and lean into that. And so would I rather start Everbowl not knowing how it's going to work out? But So you make pivots, you adapt, mm-hmm. you, you have an idea and you say, hey, I'm, I'm going towards this. But if I have to pivot and turn right and it turns from a restaurant to a you know one that I was going to corporately own forever, I was never going to franchise to today being a franchise system, so what? Yeah. Or if it turns to a CPG arm, or if it turns to it didn't work out, but I made some incredible relationships. I learned how not to do restaurants and do it better next time. That's also good. There's something in that though, because there's some alleviation of pressure that you have taken off. You know what I mean? Yeah. If someone's going full into something, like it has to succeed, or I am a failure. Do you think it's part of the? There's something too also the playing out the worst case scenarios. Because there's a study done, Lafrain and Newman, a famous study, 92.8% of worst-case scenarios never happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think by saying, hey, this is the worst-case scenario, now you put it out there, and now you're not as fearful of it because it no longer is an unknown uncertainty? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, because once I've clearly in my head said, okay, I'm going to go on stage and I've never spoken to an audience this big, I'm going to deliver a message I've never yeah. done. Okay, yeah, I'm nervous. So I right. say in my head, okay, what's the worst that happens? I go out there and I bomb. Yep. It's the worst speech ever. Everyone hates it. Okay, worst case, guess what? Think about the worst speech you've ever heard. You can't because you don't remember it because it wasn't memorable. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. So they're going to forget about me tomorrow <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the worst case. If I say no because of my fear and anxiety, then I never get the opportunity totally. to go out and see what happens. So now that I've said it, I'm like, okay. So if I feel like I'm bombing, they're not paying attention. They're on their phones anyway. That's a, such and a good point. And now I've talked myself Man. out of all of that anxiety about how do I go on a stage in front of thousands of people, which is nervous and it was my first time doing the first time I did it. Now the next time I've done it before. So I now I have a foundation of results. Mm. Same thing in business. If I start a a restaurant, okay, I've never run a restaurant before. Okay. So worst case, no one comes. It's a failure. I failed at lots of things. Yeah. But I don't need to focus on my failures because I can do something else tomorrow. And the journey tomorrow is a fresh day every single day. So and good. so I just found a I found out how to live my life in this part of the fear factor, if you will, or the anxiety factor that says, once I address and in my brain kind of know what worst case scenarios are going to be, it's taken the sting out of it already. It's like, okay, yeah. now what? It's wild. People can't see that though. Isn't that almost like too obvious, but maybe it's just not in people? It's so obvious, but it it's you you miss it because you're stuck in the forest for the trees. You know what I'm saying? So there's a video I, I actually show when I'm on stage a ton. And it was an old study about um, selective attention. And when you're really focused on something, you miss so much. And so I think we get so caught up and focused on, I can't fail. This is my one chance. And we <laughs> put all these extra things on yeah. this moment yeah. that aren't real. Yeah. But we've created this in our brain that says, oh, my gosh, like if I bomb on this stage or if I fail with this company or if I miss out on this interview and I don't get this job, yeah. it's it. Dude. Or I don't get into this university as a college uh, applicant or whatever it's going to be. Well, you know what? It's not it. It's not Tomorrow's it. Tomorrow's a new day with a billion new opportunities. Right. 
you either win or you learn. There <laughs> literally is no losing. But I think it's one of those things that people have just burnt in society's brain of you only got one shot. Mm-hmm. If you fail, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. There's so many of those, like we were talking about off air. When someone says, well, they said, <laughs> yeah. like, who is the actual they? And I think, I mean, there has to be a lot of that in you in terms of, I mean, to call it an entrepreneur, call it whatever you want, in building Everbowl, in building mm-hmm. multiple businesses where there's a lot of naysay. There was a lot of you can't do it. Is there, Oh yeah. taking it from a 30,000-foot view are there any staples in your journey towards success, because success is definitely not random, that you've been like, man, I'm so glad I did this or this? Like, uh, like do you mean Specifics the- Specifics like in terms of uh, relation, mm-hmm. relationship building yeah, yeah. or structures. I know you're very good with systems and processes. I have a formula. I th- see, I want to dive into that formula, because yeah. I know something that I struggle with I feel like I'm pretty good with system and processes, but I know it's a lot of people will just do. Let's, let's say you get past the the fear of doing. Yep. Then you just do without plans, and you're kind of mm-hmm. just like, you know, just throwing mud at the wall yep. and hoping it. And that's, I feel like I've done a lot of that, <laughs> but but listening to you, you you are very dialed in with system and process. Well, I think people make the mistake of confusing activity and productivity. Ooh, so that's, that's the, good. That's what a lot of people struggle That's with. That's good. They spend their time doing and being active and saying, I'm working really hard, <laughs> but I'm not getting the results. Therefore, they lose the confidence. They lose the motivation and the direction. They, they then get off their path. They stop putting in the effort because they don't have it focused, right? And you can run really fast and hard in place and go nowhere. Yeah. But you can walk slowly up a hill and beat someone who's running in place. So they may look and say, well, I'm working twice as hard as so-and-so, but yet they're moving up the mountain. And it's just a time. matter of they have they have a map and they have a direction and they know what they're doing. So they're being productive while you're being active. And so I am very good at not wasting my time with activity instead of trying to spend most of my time being productive. Mm-hmm. And so I follow my five core values or my five success principles. That, Give them to us. Yep. They're very specific. They've worked for me time and time again. But it's number one is make friends and have fun, which – Sounds really simple. Um, it doesn't sound like, okay, roll your eyes, but there's so much in that. By making friends, meaning totally. I build real relationships with as many human beings as I can. And that means I'm going to go the extra mile with them. I'm going to lead with value. I'm going to help them, even if there's nothing in it for me, because the more friends I have, the more opportunities come my way. The more friends I have, the more opportunities I have in this world to ask for advice, ask favors. Someone who just introduces me to somebody else because they like me. They're, my, they're champions of me and my brands. Mm-hmm. And having fun is so important because it is a lot of work. It is hard. The journey doesn't, isn't always just perfect. There are so many times you get knocked down that if you don't love what you're doing, and I don't care what it is, you're just not going to put all ah, of you in it. And if you don't 100%. put all of you in it, you're going to lose to somebody who does. And that's the whole you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yep. Talent doesn't work hard because they don't love what they're talented at. Totally. Totally. Right? And I got to just, just commend you on this of – where a lot of people will say, hey, I'm going to add value first and just say it because it's a cliche thing to mm-hmm. say. It's a very true thing, but you did that. <laughs> like you, Dan Fleischman introduces us together, and you get on an hour call with a client of mine and talk to her about how to franchise. We hadn't met in person, mm-hmm. first interaction, and you just pour and pour into her. I'm just blown away. Like I will never forget that. Well, thank you. And, and that is – It's just I believe it. It's, it, yeah, but, I wanted to build a relationship with you. I wanted to build a relationship with her, and I wanted to help Dan, who connected me, because I win three times there. Yeah. Dan says, 
thank you, Jeff. I made an introduction to you for a friend of mine who needed help. So Dan looks good to you. I do good by Dan. I do good by you. And I do good by your client, which makes you look good. And so I've made a deposit with all three of you. Again, whether or not I ever need to call in a favor, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter that your client adds no immediate value to me because I don't have any request of her. I got to meet her. I got to get started a relationship. And I guarantee you, if I called her, she would answer the phone. Totally. And there's something that she's an expert in that I'm not. There's somebody she knows that I may want to know. There's yeah. some things that she can provide in my lifetime at some point if I Such ever need it. Yeah. But if I don't, I'm just wealthy yeah. in relationships. Yeah. And that's, that's way it. more valuable than money. Totally, man. There's a lot of multimillionaires and people out there who want opportunities that they can't get. Yep. There are nobody with an abundance of relationship capital that doesn't have an abundance of opportunities. Man, where do you think that line is drawn to? And I want to get into two through yeah, five sure, as well. Sure. But where do you think the line is drawn? And is I always... You know, you, you look at really successful people and you wonder, are they content? Mm-hmm. Because you're doing what you do because you're on a mission. You're on a mission to serve. You're on a mission to build. It's not a, hey, I have to do it, right? Like you could probably just go, you know, move to Tuscany, Italy and be good. Sure. And be fine. I'll be bored. You'd be bored. <laughs> but you ever wonder that? Like where is the the contentment line? Is there a... Is there a uh, secret sauce to being content or is it a a fine i I feel like it's a fine balancing act between (laughs) you need active stress in your life being the the things you're doing but you also need to figure out how to recharge and not overdo it i mean i think that and it's kind of they go together um the people who aren't as content tend to yield the better professional results so if you look at the Ubers, we're talking more in business and entrepreneurship. Mm. Success is a personal thing. So for some people, it's like they don't want to own and get involved in business. I don't mean for that. But as it relates to the where I can speak in, you know, comfortably yeah. in entrepreneurship, business, working in corporate America, anything around that, that area, the people who lack the ability to be content tend to yield the best results. Um, yeah. Because it's obsessive. It's obsessive yeah. and they go the extra mile and what they – what their advantage is, and you know, I'm going to steal this from Kobe Bryant, the late well, Kobe Bryant. But he's, say, yeah. you know, as he used to say, if I work three, if I do three training sessions a day and you do one, well, even if I'm two years ahead of you, I'm two years ahead of you, but I'm grow, I'm gaining every day. I'm beating you further and further, further and further. The gap gets great. bigger, yep. and I'm training my muscle to never be content. So mm. for me to go put a hundred hours in this week in something I'm passionate about, it's easy. For someone else who doesn't do it regularly, it feels exhausting. So they're not going to be able to keep up that cadence and that path. It's going to take time. And so being content is never – I mean, am I the guy you want to hang out on a beach with for drinking <laughs> drinking Mai Tais? Probably not. I'm with you. I'm That's with you. probably not where you're like, Jeff's yeah. the coolest guy to hang out at a bar in. I'm not that guy. Yeah. It's just not me. Right. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. It just means that I have to find what I am content in. Now, I can disconnect, and I think you need to recharge – but it's not spending too much time there because mm-hmm. it depends what you want. And again, I'm speaking from what I want, but I want to be the best version of me, period. When I'm done with my life, I want to be in the Hall of Fame of did I fulfill my potential? Did I live the Love life? That. And and that's my goal. And when I sign my name on it, do I want what do I want my kids to say about their dad? Is mm. my dad embodied the full amount that he could out of life. He did everything to the best of his ability or he didn't do it. And there's things I just don't do because I'm not good at it. Like, I'm not going to go dance at a nightclub because I'm not <laughs> a dancer. I don't like it. So I'm not going to do it. 
Fine. All right. So I've, I've been asked multiple times, am I still in college? No, I'm not. I kind of wish I was. But the reason I get asked that is because my skin still looks so young. I'm far from college, trust me. And I haven't always had the best skin either, like blemishes. Just six months ago, I had a huge, massive breakout, but that doesn't happen anymore. And honestly, it is because of one skin. I'm a true believer in what one skin is doing. They are addressing the skin at a molecular level. Targeting root causes, not just the the topical and, and trying to take blemishes away, but they're actually they're, they're working on the root cause of what a, what ages skin and functionalities and makes it feel and look younger. And they can actually reverse the age of your skin. Yeah, nobody else is doing that. My wife and I, Taylor, who's got beautiful skin, even more beautiful now, we went up to headquarters in San Francisco and watched how it all was done. Growing skin, the testing that they're doing, their one skin body, one skin prep, one skin topical supplement. They're changing it. They are reversing. They're anti-aging, anti-aging, reinvented. So one skin, if you want... uh, if you want your money maker, your skin, the, the biggest organ in your body to be taken care of at the best level, this is for you. OneSkin.co, C-O, and the code for 15% off is David15. The link will also be in the show notes. That's OneSkin.co, David15, and reverse your age. I love that. I love that. We we, we got to continue to go on this, too, because this is what I speak on as well. Like, you... You're only gonna do something great, like one or two, mm-hmm. two things maybe max. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, like, if I step in in IKEA, I, I can't. I, I've never been there in my life because I can't put anything together. If it's more right. than two instructions, I'm out. My yep. wife will tell you that. We went glamping in the Grand Canyon. No, this is glamping, like camping at a high end level. I couldn't start the fire. <laughs> Literally, we had like a 14 year old kid come down and start it for us in the middle of the night. Put me out in survival skills, I'm done. Yep. I know what I do well, and I surround myself with people, like a Formula One race car driver, yep. not changing the tires, mm-hmm. not doing the lug nuts. I think you do a incredibly great job at that. Dan Fleischman, our mutual friend, says he collects people mm-hmm. in the best way. Yep. I, I loved when he said it. It's like, I collect people, yep. the best type of people. Yep. Is that how you envision it, too? Of like, yep. I make sure I have the best, you know, this person, this person, this person. Yep. Because I'm like you. I don't know how to put anything together either. My wife puts all the presents together for our kids. Totally. If there's instructions and there's tools required, I'm out. (laughs) I just don't do it. Same. And it's I don't like it. I'm not good at it. I didn't grow up doing it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna fumble my way through. I don't enjoy it. It's a bad use of my time. I don't wanna do it. There are people who love that. So why not let them do what they love? Absolutely. And you know, I didn't come up with that phrase. I don't use that phrase, collect people. But ultimately, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I in like the best the, way, in Dan. the best way. I like that. I like that perspective because yeah. you also let people shine. Yeah. Right. If you're really good at at whatever you're really good at, and I'm really bad at it, and I allow that opportunity for you to shine and show off and be the best and commend you on it and say, oh my god, you know, look how amazing they did this thing. We both win. Totally. Right. And if yeah. you let me do what I'm really good at, we both win. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I'm really good at staying in my lane. I didn't used to, but I'm very good at owning what I'm great at and great. duplicating it over and over and over again. And so the making so friends good. and having fun is the foundational principle for me. Um, taking immediate decisive action is number two, because so often people say, I'll do it tomorrow. They set this new <laughs> this date when I'm ready. I need some more experience. Oh, I'm going to do it New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or mm-hmm. Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving or July 4th. 
or Tuesday, and tomorrow's a fairy tale time when nothing mm-hmm. gets done, you get 100% done of what you get done. And if you take an immediate decisive step today, right now, in this very moment, you're now in. So the next step will present itself. You're already there. And so the analogy I use a lot, especially on stage, is if you're out of shape and you're sitting on a couch and you're like, I want to get in shape. The mistake so many people make is they go to the gym and they work out hard and then they're sore, they're broken, and they don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, where, where's the step? Why don't you just put on your gym clothes and watch Netflix today? Yeah. Take an action, yep. right? Yep. And so taking immediate decisive action is, mm. is such an important critical step in success, in anything you're going to do. And it could be as simple as calling a friend and saying, I'm interested in doing this, or do you know someone who can introduce me to, or I'm looking at these colleges and, and going to a website and reading about it, it, or I'm thinking about moving to a new city and Googling it. I mean, it could be as simple as just putting forth five minutes of effort, but now you've taken a step towards it. Absolutely. And now we can get to the next one. And so number three is Kaizen, which is the idea Preaching of getting 1% better every day. Oh, preaching. And really focusing on the fact that you're not going to be the best version at, of, that, of you doing that skill today. You're just not. You're just starting it, right? So if I'm going to learn how to play ping pong, (laughs) I may really be bad at it today. But can I get a little bit better every day? Can I set micro goals that allows me to Mm. win stack and win the moment, win the day, and set these obtainable goals that says, this is what I want to accomplish today. So I want to apply to 10 colleges. That seems overwhelming. You know what? I'm going to get the admission criteria for one college today. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. Tomorrow, can I do another one? Yeah, sure. Now we're building our way to where, okay. We didn't boil the ocean. We ate it. We ate the elephant one bite at a time. We w- took one step to get up the mountain. And before long, you look back and you go, I'm pretty good at this thing. And Absolutely. you look back further and you go, I'm actually pretty excellent at this thing. And look what we've accomplished and look at what's happening. And so now you have a path forward, which isn't so like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start this restaurant. How am I going to do it? I've never done this before. There's so many steps involved. What if today you just yeah. buy a domain name? Man. You know, like keeping it very, very... Very simple. Um, Number four is the idea of being change ready. And so I think we get stuck in our ways once we've had a a certain level of, call it success or call it results. We're saying, this is how I do it. And, you know, I'm 40, so I remember in the internet days when there was the internet finally getting into business in the early 2000s, and there were so many businesses and business owners that go, ah, we don't use the internet. It's just, it's not how we do it. Mm -hmm. And the greatest example is Blockbuster, (laughs) right? They should have been Netflix. And I think so many businesses fail and so many people fail because they get stuck in their old way of thinking, mm-hmm. their comfort zone is back to where they are, and they're afraid to get out of it and restart the idea that you have to reinvent yourself over and over and over again. There's totally. always new information. There's always new things happening. Um, you know, as Sean Payton of the, of the Saints used to say, that you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There is no staying the same. And so the idea that you are ready to reinvent so your business, yourself, your principles, your values, your strategy, your work ethic, uh, what at your routine on a daily basis as new information presents itself is very important to success. And the last one is to be remarkable. Mm. Um, and I say that word because so often people strive for perfection. Mm. You're not going to be perfect. You can hit perfect on the way to remarkable. And remarkable's definition to me is, did I put 100% of my best effort into the task at hand in this moment? Not where Love I want to be. Love it. I may not be as good as I want to be tomorrow, but today with the current abilities I have, the current resources I have, did I give 100? If I did, I'm remarkable. And the analogy I use for that is professional bowlers. A perfect game in bowling is 300. They don't bowl a 300 every time, Mm. but they approach it every time the same with the same technique, the same stroke, and sometimes they bowl a 300. So Mm. they hit perfect Mm. on the way to remarkable. They don't aim for perfect because you won't be. 
Yep. And so I, so if I follow anything I do, if I apply it to those five core values, those five success principles, I know from a confidence side, going back to your first question, yes. I will be successful. I may not know what it's going to look like because I may have to pivot and change with my change ready. I may have to adapt to do something different than I thought, but I will get a positive result from whatever I'm doing, whether it's personal, professional, you know, emotional, health and wellness, whatever that journey is. And so I can go into things without a roadmap, with a underlying confidence or belief that says, hey, I have a formula to fall on. I'm going to make friends and have fun. I'm going to take an immediate decisive act. I'm going to pr- make sure that I'm focused on getting 1% better every day. If, the, if what I'm doing is not working, I'm going to pivot and, and change. And I'm going to strive for remarkability. And so I do that again and again, and the results come. That's a that's, uh, rewind that. <laughs> Listen to that every single day. I love how you looped it back in. Great speakers do that, you know, and comedians. They yeah. loop back in the start to where you hit. There's so much. I'm getting excited over here because like that's I speak on the one percent step, like the mm-hmm. the exponential growth of 365 to 1.01, 37 times eight. Mm-hmm. I know you know all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like just ping pong, like pump up motivational actionable ping pong over here because it works though it does work and that's the thing it's like this is where it's like you know you're an expert in this in mindset and success and and you have so much to teach and you teach but how do we get people to move from there because i think there's a group of humans they love to consume motivational information it's almost like i watch sports to enjoy it they watch it to be in entertainment (laughs) but they're not taking action i know and that's bothers me knowing versus doing yes. the huge gap of knowing versus doing just there's a lot do there's something lot. with it right because exactly. everybody can be the best version of themselves and do you know how incredible our world would be if everybody achieved their maximum potential be mind-blowing oh my god it would the, be the yeah. inventions the the education the opportunities just the way the world would work and shine and people would be happier which means we'd have a less polarizing world people would have more wealth and abundance people would have a more enjoyment in their day-to-day and I just feel like in society, the reason we're struggling in a, as a country and in all, you know, not getting into yeah. politics is people aren't happy with the results of their current situation. So why don't we help them figure out how to get a better situation? For sure. Absolutely. And then everyone's happy. Absolutely. I'm voting for you a write-in ballot. I'm going to make a note <laughs> of that. Please don't. <laughs> I am not running. Let's make that movement. You might not be running, but you might get voted in. <laughs> why do we give gifts? It's a... Very valid question as the holiday season is in full swing and you're thinking about, oh, what can I get for my brother, my coworker, my spouse? Why do we give gifts? Well, the answer is pretty obvious. It's because we want the other people that we're getting those gifts for to know how much we care about them. I'm going to tell you what my go-to gift for this holiday season is and will be continuing going forward is... The gift of Maui venison. Like, I love Maui venison. I love how healthy it is, how lean it is. I love the taste of it. I love the mission that Maui venison is on, helping rebuild the Maui community. And, and so many philanthropical things that they're doing. It's just a, it's a really cool company to get behind. And I'm big on, you know, supporting companies that uh, have, a, have a bigger mission than just the bottom line or the product that they're selling. Products and and everything that that's that comes and goes but long-term missions that's uh that's a legacy lever in maui venison oh yeah if you're into health which i hope you are if you're into taste which i also hope you are maui venison is a great great gift so encourage you to check it out try it for yourself send it to some friends and if you like it 
you know, just, uh, yeah, let me know. There's a, a code NURSE. So if you enter the code NURSE at MauiVenison.com, code NURSE will get you 20% off. Have a happy holidays and uh, eat some burgers. Wow. Me and, me and Jack from Jack in the Box. Man. <laughs> This is amazing. This is amazing. Is there anything that that you struggle with? Because once again, like I'm saying, from the outside looking in and just hearing everything too, and like the man crush that I already have on you, is there anything that that you struggle with? Of course, lots. What? Yeah. Well, what is uh? What's one main struggle that you have professionally? Professionally, personally, whatever you want to choose. Well, I think because I have a formula that has worked, and so to me, it's now so in my DNA and my routine, and I've now trained the muscle of all of this to where I'm very comfortable at it, and I'm, sure. I'm decent, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I have a low tolerance for people who don't yeah. give their best, which means I sometimes am not as understanding that other people are struggling and working towards building that muscle, and they're a little more at the beginning same of the journey. Brother, same. So I have a low tolerance for anyone in my life in anything I'm doing, and again, I don't just mean in business, we could be playing pickup basketball. If you're not running 100%, I'm going to be frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. I demand and expect mm-hmm. you to give me your best because I'm going to give you mine. Yeah. And so it makes it a little difficult for me sometimes with friends and coworkers that yeah, I get maybe don't approach the world and see it the same way I do, which they're entitled to. Um, it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't help me as much, so I have to do a better job. And I'm also not the best at, saying great job, um, giving the verbal, uh, mm-hmm. com- you know, commenting yeah. and saying, hey, you, you, you know, taking the time to, to shine light on right. someone who did a really good job on something because I don't need that kind of, grat- uh, you know, that kind of feedback. Yeah. So I don't always put myself in the shoes of others that do. So I need to do a better job. And so I'm working on those, those, tac- those habits, even with my own kids. Yeah. I expect my kids to do great. Yeah. Totally. And so when they do great, that was what I expected, so I don't. I'm not like, hey, you, you know, great job. As much as I should, mm, because mm. some people do need it, and I'm not a participation mm. trophy guy. Mm-mm. I do believe we all need. There's winners and losers, and we need to learn to lose. Mm. It's important. Yes. You need to understand that if you don't get the result you want, there's a reason, and what are you going to do differently? Mm-hmm. And today we're creating a society with our children and our youth to say we don't want to hurt their feelings, but it's important to have your feelings hurt because you're going to be an adult, and when you're an adult. Other adults aren't going to do that for you. And so I need to do better at, at getting into the emotional side of the human psyche and realizing everyone's not me. Jeff, you are just uh, stacking your votes for president <laughs> candidates. You don't want my wife not calls, running. calls that intuitive empathy. She says, I have none as well. It's where you just have those expectations yeah. where you don't have that type of intuitive empathy that they might be going through. But I'm in the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why not? Why not go for it? Why not give your best? Why live in fear? The worst that can happen is that you die, and then you're dead, and you don't have to worry about it. So there is no worst case And, and you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to live to be 200, but one day we're all going to die. Totally. So go for it. Go for it. Right? There's, and there's no rules. Everything done by anybody has been done by a human being who puts their shoes on the same way as us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I assure you, they didn't know what they were doing when they started. Exactly. And Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team. Totally. Okay. Oh. Did he quit? Man. Did he cry? He got better. It's just the way it is. And I use sports a lot because I'm a sports guy, but it's, I'm so aligned with that thinking. And so it, while I need to do better because I think I can help more people if I can be more empathetic and have that intuitive empathy, as your <laughs> wife would say, um, 
I don't want to get too good at that because I also don't believe in clipping your wings. I don't think my job as a dad or a friend or an employee or employer or coworker is to enable you to accept mediocrity in your own life. I think if I truly love you and care about you, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you accountable and push you mm-hmm. to be the best version of you. And while it may not make you like me as much in the moment, like and love are different. Totally. I love somebody. I love my kids. So my goal is to make them the best that they can be. And if I have to be the one person in their corner that is pointing out the areas that they need to improve while everyone else may be just smiling and saying, good job and accepting them not giving their best, I don't want to build that habit. Life's about habits, right? And what you put weight on something is how it grows. So you need to train yourself to remove the mediocrity acceptance, to remove the want to before you do something, to remove the mm. perfect world before I can take action. No, just go. My goodness. This is this is a master class, literally, <laughs> in taking action. And that's what the best leaders that I've been around, they support and challenge. Mm-hmm. You do that. You empower people. Just walking around your office, I've seen how you've put people in empowerment situations and the challenge that you're talking about right now, that's what the best leaders do, support and challenge. All right. I wish I could talk longer all day on this podcast, but we have acai bowls to get to. We do. We do. Acai, what you're doing now? (laughs) So I'm going to throw a a few rapid-fire questions at you as we wind down here. So I see you as somebody who is a visionary. There's a very few rare breed of people who can see what's coming in the future and is more... I guess I would say proactive to environments instead of reactive. What do you think is some big, I mean, I guess shifts in business or technology or in the future, what will, what are some just insights to 2035 that I know you can see? (laughs) Well, I don't know if I can see them, but I'll tell you, I think AI is going to disrupt a lot. Totally. Um, I think the day-to-day jobs that a lot of people are doing that aren't required of humans are going to be replaced by technology. Mm. Um, And those are more of the assistant role stuff. Um, You're already seeing it across what AI's already been doing. But there's a future world where unless you can create more strategic input and know how to control the AI, you may find yourself out of work or out of a a job that may be going away. So I think we all need to sharpen our skills and always be learning is a key piece to that. So if you're in a career path right now that isn't if you don't see the writing on the wall, it's time to. The internet totally. of the internet is coming, yeah. which is AI. That's a good point. Um, I, I also think monetarily, the gap is getting bigger. So if you're not investing your capital appropriately right now, you may find yourself at the bottom end of the wealth gap with a very, very steep cliff to get out of it. Mm. And so I challenge everyone to be investing their capital wisely and understanding, you know, whether it's stocks, real estate, crypto. Um, business, you know, whatever area, bonds, watches, Rolexes, I don't pick something that mm-hmm. is going to appreciate in value and beat the rate of inflation mm-hmm. because the government is printing a ton of it. And to get us out of this mess, they're going to have to do more. So I think that there's a a window now for, you can't not be investing. Yeah, I totally agree. So stop buying things you don't need, you know, yeah. don't have a $100,000 car and $0 of investments, drive a $10,000 car and have 90,000 investments. Like now is that time to really focus on mm. planting your garden for the future and protecting yourself. Um, so I think those are two big changes that are coming. It's great. Those are phenomenal. Is there anybody that you have not met? Like, who's your, like, person you want to meet? Or 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 we can flip it to and say, who is the person you would want to be? If you could be somebody else. Be. 
We could. It could be the same one. I know mine is David Beckham. Like, yeah. there's, I, I bought a Boston Red Sox hat because <laughs> I saw him wear it in the documentary. I don't even like the Red Sox. But like, dude's doing. I'm trying to fold my clothes like he is, OCD style. If you've seen the documentary, mm-hmm. who's your person? Well, I don't know that I want to be anybody else. Um, I've never had that feeling. Yeah, I'm not. I, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But so I'll say, have, I'll say yeah. that. So okay. B, I don't know. And I would have. My answer was easy up until uh, 2020, but it was Kobe Bryant. Mm. Uh, actually, my first podcast show, which I actually stopped, was going to be because I'm the relationship capital guy. Was going to be a series of I was going to start with my first guest and use all my guests to end with getting Kobe on my show. Mm. Um, and the reason I always loved Kobe Bryant is because I think he embodies the Mamba mentality mindset. I think he embodies the fulfillment of potential, which is my most important goal in life is to fulfill mine and to have others do theirs. And and you can say what you want about the guy. He fulfilled his potential oh, in the basketball amazing. court. He fulfilled his potential in the business world. I mean, he got an he got an Emmy. I oh, mean, dude, the guy did a hundred percent at anything he did. He was a, the mindset master. You know how many videos I send of him still of clips yes. to NBA players and people that I work with. He was the yes. mindset master. Yes. So he would have been my <sighs> he would have been number one. I could have um, helped you with that too, man. I know. Dang. And I had a couple ins. Yeah. Um, you know, we had met a couple times, but never personally. Mm-hmm. It was just like at a function or sure. an event. So um, it's a great one. That would have been my that would have been it. The person, yeah. Um, but now I would say Warren Buffett. Mm. And it's mm. because I know he's got a short window of life left. He's at the tail end of his life. Mm-hmm. But yep, I am fascinated with how he sees the world. Totally. And I would want to spend an hour just kind of having a conversation with him. And yeah. and then if I can go back to anyone who's in the past, would have been probably Napoleon Hill. Mm. Because I believe in Such the power of having the right mindset. Because if you don't win here, you can't win here. Man. And he wrote some of the best books and uh had so much knowledge that I would have loved to spend an hour just kind of picking his brain. You know, I ruminate over those type of things. Like those authors that wrote those type mm-hmm. of books. Like how do you write the next type of book like that? Like the yeah. Dale Carnegie's and yes. those ones. It's just well, it's a whole other episode of talking about that. I mean, we could just Dude, go great on. Great answer. Them. Great answer. All right. Leave the audience with one thing as we get off here. Drop the mic. Piece of advice. It can be one word. It can be a phrase. What if somebody is, they're listening to this like, Jeff, that's amazing. You're a stud. I'm just stuck. Like, I don't even know how to take the first step. You're talking about all this great stuff of going one step forward. How do you just, you know, stuck in the mud, take the first step? What would you tell somebody? Pick the simplest thing to do right now. Mm. The very simplest thing to do right now. So like I said, if you're trying to get in shape, just put on your gym clothes and watch TV. If you want to start your first business, but you're stuck working somewhere and you just don't know how to get started... Google something on the industry you want and read one thing today. Just do one step because if you continuously do that one step, you're going to build the habit, the pattern. You're going to be in it. And really quickly, you're going to start to take the next step and the next step and the next step. you got to just do the first one, and that is the biggest gap. right? Step, Once yep. you get rolling, it's a lot easier to keep it going. It's momentum, right? It's inertia. Mm. So we've got to get mm. you from stuck to movement Boom. and stop wasting time being busy. Be productive. Boom. We asked for one. We got two. Jeff Fencer, you are a legend. Thank you for coming on the David Nurse Show. Thank you for having me.